HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Yolele, the revolutionary African foods company. Learn more at yolele.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexis Santos, a food editor at the Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Throughout season four of the Feed Feed podcast, we will be trying to help you solve that daily question that we're all faced with, which is what's for dinner. Each week, we will be speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community who are a constant source of ideas and inspiration and help us get dinner on the table every night. Today, I am joined by Valentina Musi, aka at Sweet Portfolio. Valentina is a food and lifestyle content creator and cookbook author. She's been featured on countless national media outlets, and you can find her delicious recipe creations and restaurant recommendations at Sweet Portfolio on social media. Welcome to the Feed Feed podcast, Valentina. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Alexa. I'm really excited to be here, too. Yay! So, Valentina, you are doing amazing things on social media and your cookbook is out or it's about to be out tell us all about it (laughs) thank you so much yes uh, my cookbook the unofficial tiktok cookbook um, available wherever books are sold comes out june 1st officially Um, there's been a couple of pre-orders in the last two months and those who pre-order should be getting their copy on june 1st which is really really exciting Um, i'm pretty sure that you already so you had a little sneak peek. Oh, yes. I got, I got my hands on it. So what is the cookbook all about? I mean, you have like, what was it inspired by? Obviously, TikTok. But <laughs> how did you decide this is, you know, what you wanted to do to put your kind of food adventures into writing? Right. I think that last year of uh, the food scene, especially the one on social media, really evolved and, and, and pivoted because of the pandemic. And we saw this phenomenon of TikTok inspired recipes, uh, much different to what we had seen before on Instagram. So I really wanted to take those recipes that brought us together at, at a time of hardship and put them all and condense them into one cookbook that is fun and, and obviously included 
other recipes of mine that follow the same style. So everything on the cookbook is made with few ingredients, simple ingredients, very cheap ingredients, and and things that are easy to make that do not require uh, a lot of prep or you don't have to really be a, a cook. You just have to have 10 minutes of time to pop something into the microwave or inside your air fryer and, and you'll have something delicious. So that's really um, kind of like what inspired the book. Yay. And what was your most viral um, food recipe on TikTok? I feel like you had a bunch, but what was the one? I think that um, it was whipped milk. So after Dalgona coffee became so popular, um, I started to get feedback from some of my followers on TikTok, which um, happened to be a bit younger. They were telling me that they don't drink coffee. So I was trying to come up with something that would be similar and inspired by Dalgona. So I thought of, I was thinking, how can I make chocolate milk that looks like it's whipped. So I, I, I made whipped milk and I started making different flavor variations. So I made strawberry, Nutella, peanut butter, like whatever I could get my hands on and like whatever was laying inside my pantry, I tried to make into a whipped drink. And these videos have millions and millions of views. I think that the one with the most views is a strawberry one. And it has like at least 15 million views on TikTok oh alone. Gosh. And what I did was just uh, it was strawberry milk, but I made it kawaii. So what the Japanese know is cute. Yeah. And I took just like a little transparent glass and drew eyes and a snout using a Sharpie. And then I cut pink starburst in half to make the ears. So basically, <laughs> you can just picture it. It's the milk and then the pink whip topping. It just resembles a piggy. And it was just, I think that's so cute. And <laughs> You like it and just so easy to make. Yes. And that's kind of like your whole vibe. It's kind of like the kawaii and like very cute little like kitschy little things. And it's super, super cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so tell me about like, when did you start becoming into like interested in food as a career? Like was this, did you grow up always kind of being fascinated by culinary things or like how did this all kind of start for you no I did I did not think of food as my thing or my passion uh when I was in high school I was pretty much that uh model UN kid uh president of the debate club kind of person and I really wanted to I was gonna go to school um to DC I was gonna go to DC for school and I was gonna do like international relations or political science so I actually interned for congress and for the Miami mayor oh my god and it was just so different I was so into politics and I thought that was my calling I thought that I, I just I wanted to change the world and I think that at the time I had a very romanticized view of how politics were. And then after I, I did these internships, I realized I absolutely hated it. And I was just kind of like heartbroken by it, by by the reality of it. I, I do really admire whoever is in politics, but it's it's, a, <laughs> it's really rough out there. So um, just fast forward to 2017, um, I was kind of trying to figure out what, was, what, what I was going to do. So I, I had decided to stay in Miami and uh, I always enjoyed food, but from like a cultural perspective and just it's what I did 
with friends. I think that anyone who lives in a big city like Miami or New York understands that even when you're a teenager, like what you do with your friends is go out to eat or get brunch mm -hmm. or go get a fun like drink not not alcoholic drink at the time but just like <laughs> uh, a tea like boba tea or something like that so my social life really depended on food and I, I really enjoyed trying new restaurants but I didn't think anything of it until um, I became obsessed with the business insider videos at the time the ones that were on Facebook yes uh, like those where they would show like a bucket list of of spots in New York mostly and just like ridiculous rainbowy foods at that time because oh I think yes throwback popular anything rainbow and i don't know now it's not my thing but at the time i was like obsessed with rainbow food and unicorn food anything like that mermaid those were like the trends so oh yeah i went to new york for a month with with my best friend and, and we were just had like this bucket list of places we wanted to eat at so i just spent a month eating <laughs> I was in school because I was like in the middle of like my second gap year and I was just like just figuring out what I was gonna do so just like eating with my friend and hanging out and I was taking photos of everything and, and sending to my family so my, my parents really pushed me to start um, an Instagram account they were like oh you should just put these somewhere it's it's funny like you would not expect parents to push you to no media no not at all and I did the same thing I was always taking pictures and sending them with my family but they didn't say that they were just like great cool <laughs> so they've been so so supportive from the beginning and I, and I think that really helped me a lot when I was first starting out so I just I was taking photos of restaurants mostly so I was just trying to find uh the coolest new spot in Miami that's where I'm based and I was like always scouting on Yelp just because a lot of the new businesses like the first thing they do is start a, a Yelp page so that really helped me find places or just like if I was driving around I would just stop if I saw something interesting and I try to like be the first one to take a photo at at a place and uh, I, I really focused at the time on my photography um, while I'm not a photographer I can use a camera and um I just had, I think I was really focused on editing my photos in a natural way, like no filters, mm -hmm. no yellowy Lightroom presets, yeah, like real looking food. And my account just started to take off and people started to follow me, and which was really exciting. I did not, at the time, I did not follow a single foodie. Like I did not know food instagrammers were a thing i had no right. like i'm not one of those people like yeah i followed all these people for years and then i started my own account i did not know anyone wow so you just kind of were winging it but you figured it out somehow yeah uh i i didn't know there was a, such a big community in miami like just randomly one person told him after i had like i don't know three five thousand followers someone was like hey we're we have this thing like a media dine i'm like i have no clue what you mean by that but sure I'll show up. <laughs> and I show up and there's like 10 other people with their phones out taking photos of food I'm like wow that's interesting people do this for fun oh my god I was so clueless and then I just like started like looking at people's pages and and I kind of got got the hang of it and if if you're not familiar with the with the food world like food world they're they're very interesting people yeah. Like I think that um, for whoever's listening, like imagine you go into a room and you have a, a table with 10 people with their phones out and 
trying to capture the, the lights and like the, they carry little lights like mini ring lights or yep. little photography lights and I'm just imagine it's like madness <laughs> it totally is but it's like once you know you know you're like oh of course this is what's this is what's going down <laughs> also, for context I was only 19 so oh my god I was so young and all these people were like oh yeah I started with a food blog and now I have an Instagram so they've been around for like five eight years and they were like much older than me at the time and I was just like okay just winging it I think that my first year was just like all right I I I think that it really made me jump into adulthood because at the time it's just like I just graduated high school like and I'm just hanging out with all these people so I'm like okay cool yeah, that worked out. No kidding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> First license. My dad would drop me off at the dimes. Cause I, I, I really, <laughs> it was bad. It was like, okay, bye guys. My mom's about to pick me up because I, I, I didn't want to drive for the longest time. So my parents would have to drive me everywhere. Well, lucky you. Yeah. You had a ride everywhere then. Yeah. That was super nice, but now we don't. <laughs> Oh my God. So speaking of your family, tell me about like some of the cuisines. I know you have kind of an interesting culture background with your family. So what did you kind of like grow up eating? And like, what is your, your culture? I know you're kind of a mix. Yeah. Um, well, I look pretty bland, like in person, I don't look like, I always say this, like, I don't look spicy. I don't look like I speak Spanish. Um, (laughs) My mom is Colombian. My dad's Italian. Yes. And um, I was born in Colombia, so I got to uh, live and grow up with my maternal grandparents. I was very, very close to them. We lived in the same household, which was, as a kid, the best thing ever. Like, I'm so lucky I got to live with my grandparents. Like, it was like I had two sets of parents. So I was super close to them. And then uh, my dad is very much Italian. So uh, he had just moved from Italy when he met my mom. He moved to Colombia and just met my mom. They got married within six months of knowing each other. So he was still like, when I was little, my dad would have an accent. And he was still like such a foreigner. Um, So it was was pretty interesting to, to grow up in that blended background. But my parents really made it work. Um, our Christmas dinners were so interesting. It was like half Italian food and then half Colombian food. Oh my God. Yeah. You were doing like Feast of the Seven Fishes and like Noche Buena all in one or? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So my, my grandpa would make uh, like tamales, which yeah. are similar to the Mexican ones. Like the Colombian ones are very similar. And then my dad was just making some sort of pasta dish and and like we'd have panna cotta and, and tres leches like the same night <laughs> very interesting and like i was telling someone recently um so in colombia they also eat arepas they're not quite like the venezuelan ones they're made with real corn and they're like a little bit crispier but usually you eat them with ham on top or, or whatever you have at home like butter but my dad would just have a bunch of deli meats. So I would just eat them with prosciutto. Like, oh. It was super, it, it, like my family still does this. Like it's super weird. I think I'm like the only person in the world that does that. But That sounds delicious though. <laughs> it, goes, it goes well. Like the arepas are very, um, I mean, they're like bread to Colombians really. They're just like 
really bland, like white corn tasting. So they, they go well with anything. So mm. that was just really like an example of how our cultures blended. And, and when I was living in Colombia, I, I went to Italian school. So gotcha. my dad was really just also trying to keep the culture with me. So um, now that I live, I've lived in, in the U.S. for for quite a while. I just feel like um, I don't know, like a they say a third culture person. So I just have all three. And um, I mean, sometimes I'm I I worry a little bit because I don't feel like I belong. Like I don't feel super Hispanic, but I don't feel that european either i don't feel that american so i'm just kind of in between but i think a lot of people in my in our generation really i think they can relate to that yeah no absolutely and i think that's a very fascinating way that your family went about it kind of like the combination and like you're literally eating arepas with prosciutto on it and like all these things are kind of like meshing together so what were some other like i guess dishes that like maybe you're dad or mom made that were like traditional Italian or Colombian that you really loved growing up or some other some other food items that were like you kind of experienced in your childhood I personally love baking but no one in my family is a baker (laughs) so uh, I mean my dad but my dad has a huge sweet tooth so he would buy a different cake every day It was madness with this man. I don't know how he's able to eat all these sweets. But he would just buy a dip, go to a bakery every single day and bring a whole eight slice cake. Oh, my God. So that that's how we got, um, like, we satisfied our, our our sweet cravings. But yes. my dad would always uh, cook pasta. So um, his bolognese is my favorite in the world. Absolutely. Or when he makes lasagna. That's like, I would like when people have asked me, what would your last meal be? I'm like two pounds of lasagna. Oh my God. Like two pounds because I want to pass out after like eating all that food. <laughs> it makes me sleepy. And then with my mom, my mom's side, um, there's this traditional Colombian soup called ajiaco, which tra- takes three types of potatoes and just basically cooks them to the point where they melt into the soup. So it's this thick kind of like whitish soup and then they add um shredded chicken and capers and like a little bit of heavy cream so it's I was born in Bogota and that's where they drink that because it's it's really it's, it's um both us in, in the mountains it's like in the Andes and it's super cold mm-hmm. so it's just like something that they would drink in the region also because that's where they grow most of the potatoes because of the cold weather so it was just that was something I loved growing up and then my my grandpa's tamales I haven't had a tamale in like eight years but like a childhood staple like every time it was Christmas time he would make them because in in Colombia they have this tradition that like the eight days leading up to Christmas Eve you meet every single night with family and friends and you like sing a prayer and then like eat a bunch. It's all about the food though. Yeah. I I really focus in the praying part, most like on the food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably what you were looking forward to the most. That's for sure. (laughs) I didn't really care about the praying. Yeah. So how did you learn how to cook? Like what was your, I mean, from your recipes, it doesn't, you know, I, I haven't noticed a whole lot of like traditional, like Colombian or Italian food. Obviously you've got that inspiration, but how did you kind of like develop your, 
culinary style, I guess. Right. Uh, so even though I'm young, I'm not that young. I turned 23 this year. So I did watch a lot of TV growing up. Mm-hmm. So I loved watching the Food Network. And then in, in Latin America at the time, there was this um, channel that was like their Spanish like Food Network. It was like called like something gourmet. And I would just watch these shows since I was very little and just like watch. I loved watching people cook. It was, it was just like to kill time. Mm-hmm. And then my mom started to buy me cookbooks. I just, since I was little, I just started like playing around in, in the kitchen. And, and then um, I got to spend a whole summer with my Italian grandmother. And she just like really let me play around with her in the kitchen. And we were making like meringue and um, crostata, which is an, an Italian pie. And that's just how I, I started to get interested. And then also my, my I would help out a lot. Um, like my grandpa, I would help him a lot when he was cooking. So they always let me just like help around or just um, like our apartment um, in Colombia had an open kitchen. So I was just always around and like I would help with with little things. And then as I got older, um, like around the time I was 12, I started baking cakes and my family liked them so much to the point where I had to bake every single birthday cake. <laughs> it was so annoying like I, I always enjoyed cooking but in my own terms or just like every once in a while like bake a cake or make cookies and just play around with whatever I had laying around but I didn't do it on a daily basis I didn't do it often but um always enjoyed it or I always just saved the recipes like Pinterest I've had Pinterest for like eight years and <laughs> boards with with recipes so just like looking at food or I really liked going to restaurants and trying things and I think that as I started to go to all these places and and, and tasting and like my I think my taste buds changed a bit and I was like I bet I can make that at home I bet I can pull that off so I just started watching YouTube videos and, and and also I'm really but I'm not that much of a YouTube person I really like reading recipes so I'm more like a cookbook person or yeah. like someone's blog and, and and reading through the recipe and and executing it just because if I watch a YouTube video, I'm gonna get distracted because they usually take like 20 minutes to. Oh watch my god, I know. Recipe. So I'm just I like having it there, kind of just written down like a cheat sheet. Yeah. I, I space out. I don't watch any YouTube, and I think that people think that's weird, but I hate YouTube. <laughs> I don't really watch YouTube videos either. I definitely like the short format better. And yeah, if I'm gonna follow a recipe, I'm definitely gonna have something written down rather than like watching someone like them going on like a five minute tangent about something and then coming Mm -hmm. back you know what I mean so I totally get you there no preaching to the choir (laughs) playing around and and I I think I'm just like a quick learner and I I definitely have like an I would say I'm lucky like I think I'm naturally talented at at baking Uh, and I'm I'm very patient and and methodical and what I love about baking it's like it's it's really precise and it requires measurements. Like you don't wing it. You have to. And, I, and I'm so precise. I have a million thermometers. I measure and I weigh my ingredients. I, I love the, the mise en place, like the measuring and getting everything ready. <laughs> That's what I enjoy the most about baking. Just like measuring everything. Oh my God. I don't think anybody has ever said that, that they enjoy setting up their mise en place the most. <laughs> being in control and like I at least I feel like I have control of one thing in life and it's the amount of ingredients I put into something oh my god that's adorable (laughs) 
So when you're making dinner for yourself, I know you said you really love baking, but I know you do some savory dishes too, obviously. Mm-hmm. What, um, like, how are you kind of approaching what's for dinner every night? Like, I know you're probably eating a lot of restaurant food and you have a lot of stuff that you're shooting. So how do you kind of factor in what you're having for dinner on a normal basis? Moment on a normal basis. Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. And I think that's really the behind the scenes of my life. I'm for dinner, I'm mostly eating, eating um, chicken that I make in my crock pot, just because I can have a lot of it. And I probably eat some quinoa or um, sweet potatoes that I make myself. I don't buy the frozen ones anymore, or just like roasted potatoes. So essentially some sort of protein with some sort of potato. I love potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> I I try I play around a lot with the seasonings, but that's really what I eat. Um actually I actually I never told anyone this, but like I recently got um diagnosed with some um GI issues. So oh, no. which is ironic for what I do. So I really have to balance out my life. And I think that a lot of people just when they think about food, they just think about their weight. And I don't, yeah. I don't eat to lose or gain weight or maintain a weight. I just, I try to, sometimes your, your body speaks to you and, and, and you have cravings and you can satisfy them, but you can also like balance them out. So in order for me to indulge in all these sweets and, and restaurant food, I, I have to eat clean 80% of the time. Mm. And I think that anyone in the industry can, can relate, especially for me, like it, it's, it started to get bad in, in the last year. We had to go to the doctor and, and we had to like start a special diet so I could like balance it out. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's very unique to me. Not, that's not everyone's case. I don't think I think food is fantastic. It's just it's sadly that's what's happening to me right now. Oh. But I think it's just really like a hiccup. And if I just take care of of my digestive system, hopefully it'll be OK in the next couple of months and I could just kind of like go back to that that lifestyle like where I eat more yeah but it's okay I mean I'm still like I'm really enjoying this in the sense that well this sounds like weird um it's really a challenge so now I've been implementing more um like plant-based recipes sometimes or or just like finding alternative ways of of cooking with like the ingredients that do not um get me like bloated or sick so it's a challenge but it's so interesting like now I have a different view and like baking like I've never really experimented with um almond flour or oat flour just because I used to be allergic to to nuts yeah so I recently found out like two weeks ago that I'm no longer allergic so I've just been playing around with nuts I've never had nuts in my life Oh my god. It's exciting. I mean, now that I can eat them and that I know that they don't they don't get me as sick as other um foods, I'm just like excited and and I think that it's normal for people to change their eating habits every now and then. Like I'm sure you have a food that you used to love and now you you can't stand or or something that you could eat when you were like younger and now your body like rejects like you develop a random allergy that happens to everyone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. What a journey for you. That's like so interesting. And I know you also kind of pivoted from a lot of more like restaurant coverage to more recipes in the last like year or so. So what was that kind of like for you? It's the best thing to have happened to me. Um, well, it happened at an unfortunate time, which was um, a pandemic. Right. It was 
difficult time for everyone. Um, when restaurants closed, I, I just like everyone else who does what I do, like it focuses on creating like food videos. Everyone had to start cooking at home. Mm-hmm. And as I told you, I always enjoyed it, but I never knew to what degree. And then as I started to cook um, as a way to like really cope with, with stress and to put content out there, um, I realized how much I love it. Like I never uh, really wrap my he- head around it. I never realized how that's really my happy place, how I mm-hmm. can just, I'm super lazy and I hate like standing like you know those people who are like always standing up and they track yeah. how, how how long they how many hours they stand up and like their apple watch like when i'm baking i can be on my feet for six hours straight and feel tired just because it's really my happy place so and now that i have i'm in control i really feel like i'm putting out content that really shows who i am and that really excites me why wow, i love working with chefs and i love supporting restaurants um, now I just feel a bit more in control and I, I'm really enjoying it. I think I get to connect with people in a different way than before, just because before the restaurants were just very local to Miami. If I traveled to some place, they were in whatever specific city. But now that I'm making all these recipes, I have people from all over the world. And as cliche as that sounds, uh, making my stuff, which is so exciting to see. Uh, I built a following and places I've never been to I've never been to Brazil but like seven percent of my followers are Brazilian what and I I don't know how but I I love it these people are so nice and then they make my recipes and it's so cool to see like the slight variations just for instance when I was making the the strawberry flavored whipped milk thing I would see their their the packaging for the the powder they used and it would be in Portuguese Mm-hmm. And then I had people in, in Iran make it and it was like in Persian. So I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then I get to connect with people that just so many more people than before, which is to me, it's so exciting. Like I, I think that somehow I'm like bringing a little bit of happiness and joy into these people's lives. Like I, I really want my my social media and like my brand to um, be a synonym of of happiness and kind of like have a pocket of happiness in the internet just because it, I think in the last few years it's become such a, a mean place like there's so much hate online so I just really want my my page and, and my videos to to be like positive and, and fun yeah absolutely and I I'm so happy that it's like bringing you so much joy and fulfillment and then I, I mean they say if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life so I'm glad <laughs> that it's working out that way for you that's awesome Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. I, I think that the last year and a half has been great for me, just in the sense like I think I've growth, grown a lot at a personal level and just kind of really found my calling. And um, while I am completely self-taught, um, I've been focusing more on learning new techniques and, and becoming a bit of a more um, like technical cook. And I really look forward, like in the next couple of months, I really want to take more I've taken a few baking classes in the past just like for leisure but just kind of train myself a little bit further and learn more things just so I can really keep on sharing those those recipes with people all right we're going to take a quick break right now and hear from our sponsors
This episode is brought to you by Yolele, a revolutionary African foods company based in Brooklyn, New York. Yolele was founded by Senegalese chef, activist, and cookbook author Pierre Thiam. Yolele creates income opportunities for smallholder farming communities, supports their sustainable farming practices, and shares Africa's ingredients and cuisines with the world, starting with Fonio. Fonio is a delicious, nutrient-dense, gluten-free ancient West African grain. Fonio is also drought-resistant, so it's good for the planet. Yolele is creating a market for Fonio and other African crops grown under resilient farming systems to foster a more biodiverse, drought-tolerant landscape across West Africa. Try Yolele's Fonio, quick-cooking Fonio pilafs, and new Fonio chips, boldly flavored with the ingredients and flavors of West Africa. Sign up for their newsletter for recipes, notes from the field, and culinary discourse, and get a free bag of Fonio with your next order of $32 or more. Learn more at yolele.com. That's Y-O-L-E-L-E.com. So tell me some ingredients that you always have on hand. I'm, I assume they're baking ingredients, if I had to guess. <laughs> yes, um, vanilla bean paste is probably one of my favorite things in the world. Mm. Uh, I love, it would, like my favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. And it's, I think that it gets my favorite flavor profile ever. Really? I and some people uh, think that vanilla is boring, which I I get offended because I I I always tell people when someone says like oh vanilla is boring I'm like okay then describe vanilla to me how would you describe the flavor of vanilla because it's very complex it's just that maybe people are just getting used to it or not they're not eating like the right vanilla beans but so that's a staple vanilla um, bean paste yeah heavy cream heavy whipping cream just because I really I mean I enjoy making like whipped cream and, and it's just so versatile like you can use it in so many things and it has such a rich flavor which I love I don't shy away from dairy <laughs> um, and then I for for something savory um peperoncino so red pepper flakes mm. I don't love spicy food but the only spice I can handle comes in the shape of red pepper flakes really so, yeah, I'm not great with spicy food. I'll eat it, but I will, like, start sneezing and crying. <laughs> but my favorite thing, like, that doesn't make me cry are red pepper flakes. So I think those three. Okay, well, those are good ones. My goodness. <laughs> those are awesome. So tell me, who inspires you, Valentina? Uh, I would say my grandfather. Um, My grandfather, the one who... Who helped raise me? He passed sadly passed away five years ago, but oh. he just to me he was a genius. Like he was so talented at, at everything. He was a painter. He could sing. He could write. He was like great at math and like super cultured. I mean, you could talk to him about like any sort of like geopolitical conflict, or or you can be like, oh, so let's talk about China. And he like he would tell you everything. So he was brilliant and fantastic cook. So I just, I love how he really pursued all of his passions. So to me, he's like the most inspiring person in my life. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> and then like, I guess from like a culinary standpoint, like who do you, I guess, look up to like as far as like career wise? Um, 
Martha Stewart. I think she's awesome. She really is. I I just I love how she's herself and like so unapologetic. I mean, I've never met her. If I if I did, she's probably not even gonna be that nice to me. But I've mean, <laughs> heard people who've met her and they're like, oh, she's not that nice. I'm like, yeah, because she doesn't owe that to you. She's yeah, exactly. She doesn't care. I imagine if people were like always bothering you, like you probably wouldn't be asked that nice either. So I just I love that about her, and she's just um. She's had such a long career and somehow she always manages to rebrand herself and stay relevant. Like now she um, launched her whole CBD thing, which I'm sure like 15 years ago she wouldn't have been able to, to do. But she's like not afraid to do those things. And her relationship with Snoop Dogg is really funny. Oh my and God, I love it. She's like the only person who has the guts to, to do those things especially as a female in the in like the food world where people see her as like just like a middle-aged boring lady when mm-hmm. she's not so she's like not afraid to kind of like shy away from those stereotypes and she's like a great businesswoman so I think she's yes. awesome. well that's another great answer my goodness you have me convinced on both of them yeah like your grandfather and Martha Stewart what else <laughs> what else do we need oh my goodness so tell me how often do you grocery shop um every two days and yeah. I, know, <laughs> I when for eating like for instance like chicken and, and fish and whatever um I try to buy it the same day just gonna want it to be like super fresh and I don't like like to have anything frozen like that um and then for ingredients I just like I get I constantly get ideas for new recipes and I like to do my shopping at, at different stores mm-hmm. so um, I go to Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Target. Um, I live in Florida, so we have Publix, which yeah. favorite. And then I go to Walmart too, because that's where they have like the weirdest like snacks, like weird flavored Twinkies and things like that. So yeah, I go grocery shopping a lot, and it's also like it's, it's something I used to do with my mom. Like I, we love going grocery shopping. Like it's it's like our thing. Like I like. Like last night, I went to Target for an hour and a half, and I just walked through every single aisle. <laughs> for me, it's a it's a fun activity. Yeah, do you have a great time? Absolutely, it's my <laughs> favorite thing in the world. It's my happy place. Not just Target, but any grocery store. Just like looking at all the food, and that's also where I get a lot of inspiration because I see some some ingredient or something. I'm like, wow, I can I can make something with this, and I just get an idea. So I just love walking around. That's where I get a lot of inspiration. Oh yeah, I actually really like looking around at groceries too I mean I don't go physically grocery shopping a lot because I live in New York so I get like delivery a lot you know that's the reason why I would never move to New York and I've said this to people before it's like I can't I cannot just jump on the subway with a bunch of bags yeah (laughs) it's not ideal I end up just getting most of my groceries delivered because it's a yeah it's not an ideal place what do you do Instacart yeah yeah, it's not my favorite. And then sometimes they mess up your the item. Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. So, like, I totally get your vibe of, like, enjoying walking around the grocery store. <laughs> I miss it a little bit, actually. So, <laughs> especially Publix. Oh, my God. I'll I, I grew up in, yeah, I grew up in Florida. So, I know all about Publix and everything you're describing. My dad goes, oh, my dad loves grocery shopping. He goes so often to, like, the one in our neighborhood that everyone knows him by name. <laughs> And my family enjoys the act of buying groceries. <laughs> yeah, they must have passed that down to you. I think so. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, 
Did you have anything else important to add that I didn't ask you yet, my friend? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we were very thorough. I just want to remind people about my cookbook that comes out June 1st. I'm really excited to to share that. Um, all of the recipes were triple tested, so they're foolproof. And I include a lot of tips on how to grow on social media when you've, your focus is food. So I kind of... My, the first chapter, like the introduction, is like a couple pages long where I just kind of spill a bunch of secrets and, and, and tips and how I made this thing into a career. Yeah. I'm just excited to share those recipes with people. I mean, some of them were in, in the book. I do have like some pasta dishes that were inspired by my family. And th- these are like recipes that I hold very dear to my heart. And I'm so excited to be able to share them all at once with with people so it's that's it's I'm I'm a little terrified of like <laughs> reaction but I'm also super excited and, and and looking forward to getting people's feedback even if it's bad because that's the only way I can I can improve and become a better cook and baker so oh my gosh no I'm sure it's going to be absolutely amazing and congratulations for that again it's going to be it's going to be great and I think that people are going to love those recipes so it's going to be awesome. Well, thank you so much, Valentina, for being here today. It was such a delight catching up with you and chatting and learning more about you. I'm like so fascinated by everything. And it's just really, really great to hear all about your story and how everything became to be. Thank you for taking interest on me, Alexa, and like to the Feed Feed community. I really appreciate it. You guys have supported me since day one. So I'm very grateful. Yay. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head over to thefeedfeed.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Feed Feed and don't forget to follow Valentina at Sweet Portfolio on Instagram and TikTok. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur who has helped you solve that question of what's for dinner, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradio.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from our listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.